0: Have you ever felt lost when trying to support a grieving friend? Suggested Etiquettes for the Grieving is your go-to guide for offering real comfort in difficult times. Written by Angie Williams, this book is packed with practical tips and heartfelt advice. Be the friend who makes a difference. Order your copy today at Amazon.com or visit www.slowtospeakwithvooch.com. Dot com. That's slow, the number two, speak with V-O-O-C-H dot com. Order now and transform the way you support those you care about. Suggested etiquettes for the grieving because being there matters.
1: I remember telling you this one time, I was like, when you get hurt, your dad and I would still be here for you, but everybody else is going to be gone. But at that time, everybody was giving you the praise and the honoring and, and putting you on this pedestal. And I understood that. I just didn't know how to tell you, like, be careful because, you know. So I'm, I am I got to apologize in a sense because I didn't understand it fully when I was saying that I didn't see you in the paper. That was just me just saying like, man, this is scaring me because I I see how it can, you know, probably comes before the fall, you know? And and so yeah, that was just that that's what it was.
2: Yeah, I feel like this back then, I feel like I was looking for more of like the advice on like what to do rather than like
1: what not to do.
0: Hi, my name is Anthony aka Vooch. And I'm his wife Angie. And this is the Slow to Speak with Vooch Podcast. At different times in our lives, we are faced with loss of different kinds, whether the loss of someone we love or something we hold dear to us. When supporting the griever, it is hard to know what to say or what to do. Well, I'm excited for this season on Slow to Speak with Boots podcast, my wife Angie and I will be discussing some suggested etiquettes when supporting a griever.
1: Over the past 10 years, I have experienced so many losses, family and relative losses, Brand losses, job losses, and health loss. Experiencing loss upon loss to me felt like a wave of water that just kept hitting my face to the point of leaving me breathless. In my experience with losses, I found that many were unaware of the proper etiquettes to use when supporting the grieving. So I was encouraged by a friend to write down my experiences. This led to family, friends, and me to write a book called Suggested Etiquettes for the Grieving. These suggestions are only a framework of ways to consider when supporting a person grieving any loss.
0: These following podcasts are going to be with the authors of the book. So please enjoy. So today we are going to discuss part one. Please do not take the grievous emotional response personally grieving from a youth perspective. The beginning of the chapter scripture is in Psalms 73:21 NIV and it says, "When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you." Angie, could you tell us a little bit more about why you chose to use that scripture?
1: Um because if it felt what um Tony wrote in this chapter is just basically saying that when you are grieving, you're kind of in a different place and it can come off senseless and ignorant, but, and you can feel like a brute beast, but basically it just fed along with what was being felt at that time in the title.
0: All right. And, and in case you guys didn't know, we are joined today by Tony Jr. Yo, 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 yo. (laughs) (laughs) So this is going to be a great podcast We got the whole fam here today And I guess I'm going to go ahead and start off with um, What did you mean when you had to convince yourself to live each day? Tony Jr. Well, thank you first for having
2: me here on this podcast And uh, let me get my part out here and I appreciate you guys going hard on the book. And right now, just what I meant by that was just, you know, every day you can wake up. You know, there's a lot of people right now, even who just feel the same way, who feel like every day is a struggle just to grind, to get up, go to work, go to school, and do things that you know you don't really want to do for a bigger meaning or just do things that you. Constantly got to do and you don't even know what's going on. You feel hopeless. So I feel like this, like, to live every day, day by day, was just kind of my thing of just, like, let me not think too far in the future now that things are over. Let me start thinking about how to do everything I can with this day. So mm. that's just kind of how I looked at it. But I live, live, try to live every day, day by day. Just by that.
1: Now, when you wrote that in the book, this was... um uh, were you speaking about now, or were you speaking about back when you were in high school? What's the difference between now and when you were in high school?
2: Uh, high school is just is everything's just fast. You don't really have time to think. You just react because I mean, I, like in the book I said, uh, you know, being sixteen, you know, and being in the twenties, you know, I only lived like a part of my life. But at that point, that was my whole life. If mm. you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. in a in a sense of. I didn't know much besides that. So I'm doing everything I can to maximize my opportunities in that moment while I'm in school. But I'm not thinking day by day. I'm thinking like, this Friday, this game happens. This Friday, this game happens. Or like, I got this time to do this. Or like, what happens when I get done with this? It's like, I wasn't living day by day. I wasn't thinking like that. I wasn't struggling like that to to think that, you know, every day is a struggle for me to live. Because I was just kind of like, Back then, high school was just about, you know, doing good football so I can go to college so I can, you know, be a professional player. That's just my mind was just like already on the next two steps before I even got down to like what I can do on an everyday step of high school.
0: Mm.
1: So basically when you were saying that being 16 and then in your 20s you were looking back and that's why you made that statement?
2: Well, looking back, just just like realizing that you know once it was all over and then Mm. just kind of like grieving like man like my ACL stopped me here that I tore my meniscus, and that stopped me here and then I didn't get that ACT supported so I could walk on here so it's kind of like Mm. at that point you know there's sometimes like you know everyone feels hopeless to think like you know this and that but my life at that point was kind of like You know, I I just thought football was it.
1: You know, Mm -hmm. my life
2: was like, you know, Mm -hmm. my body, I'm built. Everything was made for football because that's just how it is. You know, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be fast. You know, so I told you, you know, and you found out that I always ran in kindergarten. But just like when you finally like you're growing up and like you're like trying to fit yourself into like your body and your roles. and Like you kind of see like which like, you know, what's better for you and which part you kind of like, oh, this football thing or this sport. Really fits like my body size when I do. So it's like, this has to be Mm -hmm. it. Like, this is my purpose. But when you find out that's not really it, it's kind of like, that's when you got to live day by day. Cause like your future sometimes is like, it's just dark.
1: Yeah. We remember your days of refining your body (laughs) outside mowing the lawn in your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we were there and we saw it. (laughs) Well, tell us
0: more about the difficulty of transitioning. From a, from a middle school of 12 students to high school?
2: Uh, I just, this is the first thing, is kind of like, you just realize that a lot of the other kids know each other. So it's like, when they're in the accurate position and they're like, kind of like, like, man, I don't really know anyone. They kind of fall back to people that they were with in middle school.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But like, for me, it was kind of like, only friends I had were the friends I was making on the football field. So, like, a lot of, like, like, I guess, like, a lot of grievance comes from, like, in that situation of transitioning was also part of it. Because it's just, like, again, I was like, I'm doing a whole new life thinking that this, this is giving me everything I have. Like, I I don't right. have any friends. I don't know anyone. But every time I put a football in my hand, this is what happens. Right. So.
1: So there was the anxiety of going from 12 students to over 500 students, you said, in the book. That, is that what you were saying you were dealing with?
2: Uh, I I don't really think it was. I think for some people it was anxiety, but for me it was just kind of like I was just curious because I'd never been in a situation where there was that many people. Like 500 people were probably the amount of like, people that were in my whole school at that time in Isles. But just to think that one, just one like class had 500 people and that didn't even make up the whole school. Kind of just having me curious, like, how do things, like, work? Or how, like, how does this function? Like, how do people know, like, certain people? I oh, don't know. I'm just more curious than, than anxious.
1: Yeah, I remember when you were switching over and you kept making that comment of going from 12 to this bigger school and how nervous you were. But I also remember you eventually stating, even in the book, that it was easier because you had played football with some of the guys in youth football. So that kind of eased up some of that craziness that you were feeling and and then also having to go from being in football and youth and then going to high school and playing football was another obstacle you were trying to or another world you was trying to understand
0: yeah exactly wow now what were some of the things your coach girls teachers and other athletes did to make you feel important Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you ever felt lost when trying to support a grieving friend? Suggested Etiquettes for the Grieving is your go-to guide for offering real comfort in difficult times. Written by Angie Williams, this book is packed with practical tips and heartfelt advice. Be the friend who makes a difference. Order your copy today at Amazon.com or visit www. Dot slow to speak with Vooch.com. That's slow the number two. Speak with dot com. Order now and transform the way you support those you care about. Suggested etiquettes for the grieving because being there
1: matters. And of course, this is after you became (laughs) this big athlete in the small town.
0: Uh, First of all,
1: I'm sorry, I don't mean mean to change it, but talk a little bit about switching over to become a star athlete and then going to how they all did that.
2: I mean, well, I guess just switching over to the star athlete is kind of like overnight. You never know. I just one day came back to school one day and then I hear my name on announcements. I'm in the lunch line. The next thing I see is like, everyone, like, oh, you're that kid. Oh, you're him. Oh, yeah, I did see you playing that after a while. And then it's just like, okay.
1: After the seven touchdowns you made in one game, which kept on going to 13 and <laughs> yeah, 15 and 17 <laughs> touchdowns, every time somebody told the story, I was like, okay, how many touchdowns? <laughs> There's
0: 21 touchdowns. Because I, I
1: wasn't at that game because I was, it, I was in um, town with the, the older sister who was dying.
2: But, but to be honest, well, I, to be honest, I don't even think I even scored seven touchdowns that game. I scored six the next game. I just think it's just because that that game, I was just all over the field. Like, it was just like any time there was a play made or any time the, there was a touchdown, I was involved. But that whole scenario, just like, I don't even know. I don't even know how they even got that stat. I just know that it was on the intercom. All my friends were like, You always
1: you score like
2: five. Like, I scored two. Like, I was like, All right.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it was 10 to 15 and every time somebody told the story to me. And I'm like, One kid made t- 15 touchdowns. That, that means that something went right. Right, right. There's
0: always a little embellishment with that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, I, yeah. And then just like at that point, it just like, Once you become like that star player, that star person, it just kind of like the way people treat you is just a little differently. Like, if I go out someplace, it's like, they all know that, like, I had a curfew and everything, so I couldn't be out for long. So but it's just, like, <laughs> no one really knew that I had a curfew because it was just, like, I was just never out. So when I go out, people be like, where were Tony Williams and stuff? And I always, I, I didn't understand that. Like, you know, everyone always used my full name or everyone always used, like, let me like, I said, I'm with Tony.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
2: like, oh, I'm with Tony Williams. So I'm like, I don't really know any other Tonys in town. So I was like, I don't know who else <laughs> is Tony. <laughs> but it's kind of like, that's when you just start noticing. It's like you start getting to put, like, people are like, oh, Kanye West or still like, just Kanye. You know what I mean? Like, it's like people right. use, like, your full name as if they're addressing, like, an actor or someone that they look up to or someone that holds value. And it's just kind of like at their wallet, like, you don't understand it. But then, you know, your coaches are telling you, the teachers are telling you, like, you got to stop doing this because you hold this value. And, like, right. you got to stop doing this because you do this. You can't hang out with them because you do this. And like you just kind of like just had to sit there and just like address the the issue and problem and then act accordingly because you know that you have so many eyes on you and that's when you realize you're a star because it's like you can't move the way that you want to move you can't do things that you want to do you can't be who you want because you got to be someone else for everybody else. But at that point in time, I didn't think like that. I just thought that this was my purpose because I was built this way. I was gifted with this ability. So this is just my. This is what comes with it.
0: Right.
1: But what about the girls? Yes, I said it. I don't. I, I couldn't stand it. Uh, <laughs> how were the girls treating you differently? You. Did you feel like at first they ignored you? Then all of a sudden when you got famous, then they were trying to ride on the fame tail.
2: Well, yeah, There's a lot of Jersey chasers. That's just how it is. What was that? <laughs> jersey chasers. But that's just like how that is. It's just like basically, I don't know. It's. It's like you can fall for it Because it's easy You mm-hmm. feel I me mean? It's real easy But like at the same time Like I don't know My mind was just trying To get to college So I didn't really care So just like You know And then I got like A couple of girlfriends So like it would all like Stop like I wouldn't have To deal with all that stuff So it's just like My excuse would be like I'm dating her So like you know I, you know, I can't even talk to you mm-hmm. So just like to help Focus me up and stuff Just because I knew like You know that's hard. Like, it's hard to deal with all that stuff. Especially, like I said, being young. Like, you you get treated like an adult and they get told Mm -hmm. to, like, be young. So, it's just kind of like, there's no time to really be young except for making all these adult decisions young and then everyone being like, you act so grown. But when you make a, like, a youthful mistake, everyone acts so confused because they're like how could you do that because you're in this position but I'm like mm-hmm. you kind of like live your life regularly like you know what I mean when I heard my ACL I didn't re- i didn- I never do what it was like just to sit down at home and not have an active school activity play games and do all that stuff until I got to college I didn't understand none of that so when I got to college everything was harder for me because my whole life was just grinding for everyone grinding for a mm-hmm. purpose grinding for this so it was kind of like that's the girls everything the star all that stuff It just like you start noticing all that stuff almost like like I said overnight or when you go out or when you when you just do simple things and people are just like shook mm-hmm. and then it just like but then you also I don't know for me for me it was easier to realize like when people were fake that's when I knew that I was like like a star right yeah. that's, that's the main thing I feel like that's the main when you when you peep people are acting like giving you fake love and, like, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense, that's when you know you're a star for real. Because it's just like, that's just when you know. That's just when you know.
1: The weird part was watching how the other parents were trying to shine in on your fame. Just how it was a pleasure for them to do little small tasks for you. Some of them were sincere because some of them, they kind of did the youth football with us. You were getting a lot of shine at that time and it was just really weird listening to the parents and the grown ups and how they were even trying to tell us how to parent you because we gave you curfews or we told we tried to limit some of the things and they were trying to get that famous like, well, well he can do this and then trying to make sure that they were a part of your success. It was just weird. And I'm quite did you ever feel that or no?
2: Mm. It just kind of like once you grow up and mature, like you just see it and you go through different things. Like
1: you didn't see the time, but you saying now i mean, I mean, I'm saying
2: like I felt it and saw it, but it just like it's like in those times it's, like you used to feel helpless because it's like that's so why I'm hanging out with my burrow and this is happening to me. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? It's right. like and it's like now it's like, why do I want to leave my house? Because it's like every time I go out, this is what happens. But then it's just like, you, this is, I don't know. It's like you can't you can't get best of both worlds. That's all I'm trying to say it's just like you get what every every part of the world has its own disadvantages and it's just like that was just mine and I just knew it I it was just like I know what they want but I just won't be here often I'll just come around when I want to come around because I, I have that option like I have that star power in that moment like when I come around when I come around you're not telling me when I come around I leave when I want to leave and that's just always how I've been
0: what about with the teachers how how was how was that relationship with the teachers during this time of, you know, just notoriety and everything?
2: I mean, one, I mean, thank God, you know, and thank y'all that you know, y'all know you put me in good positions to be smart. But like, you know, I didn't have to deal with none of that. Like, oh, you got an F on this paper so you can't go to, you know, the game. I mean, but still at that time, it's like they all knew. It's just like, I don't know. It's like they all knew. It's like when they look at you, they all, it's almost like this. Like, well, now that you're older, now that you can be teachers, and I, I'm pretty sure everyone who's my age who's a teacher now, I know that y'all probably go into the teacher faculties, talk about the other kids that y'all seen, you know, all this other stuff, because like we grown. But you also got to realize that stuff was happening to us when we was little. So at that same point in time, it's like if I do something in, in, in the classroom they see me in the hallway walking around or something, everybody knows. If I'm in their classroom, they see me on their paper sheet, they're like, oh. He got to play Friday. That is, that's just, like, right. stuff like that. It's just, like, that's that's just simple math. That's just easy math. And especially, like, if I'm in a small town and thinking like that, and they already had all those hopes and dreams on mm-hmm. me, it's just, like.
1: Yes, I noticed that your grades could not go down during football <laughs> season. And But after football season, there, there were issues going on then, especially after you got hurt because— You even talk about that in the book. It was hard to keep your grades up. But during football season, over the years, I noticed that your grades, they stayed solid. (laughs) So...
0: And that's where I want to pivot to. um, Please explain your loss. You know, you got this great high with everything, with football, you know, everyone's praising you. Explain your loss. Like, what was your loss? What was that?
2: I guess the loss was, uh, at first... My loss was like, I knew the loss of a dream. So I knew I wasn't a dumb kid. You feel me? Like I knew you
1: were not a dumb kid. Yeah. Oh.
2: Like basically, like all this research, all this stuff going into it, all this, I'm already knowing. Like I'm one the watch players in Illinois. Like I'm top hundred linebackers in Illinois when I'm like junior or whatever. Like cool. But at that point, you get hurt. That's a whole year you don't get back. That's stats you don't get. That's things that you can't show. That's things that you can't, you can't produce over again. And I just knew that like once the time was lost, I was like, my chance is gone. You feel me? And it's like, you don't want to say that. You don't want to believe that. You Mm want to keep saying that you can do it. But it's like, it's it's like that type of stuff happening for me was a life, once a lifetime chance. I knew that.
0: And that was your ACL?
2: Yeah. And I knew that. And I just kind of like, and it's one of those things, like you know, this is this is like a two things, like, well, like when I was young. I know I keep going, like when I'm older, I'm young. But I feel like to have that perspective, I just don't want to just show like the bitterness right. of when I was young. But I feel like to be able to show like the wisdom of what happened to understand it, it's what's like good too. So when mm-hmm. I was young, just being able to just see this like the loss, it was like my dreams what? Like, I won't, I won't go D1. Mm-hmm. I knew it. And then when the coach left, I knew it even then. I was like, he even knows, he knows it's over. And it just showed me, I'm like, I was like, everything. And it's just like, kind of like you, I was like, everything was really built on me. And I didn't want to believe it because I'm always a team player. I'm always like trying to be like, no, no, it's always us. But everyone else like, no, it's really just you, bro. Like, everything's you. I could feel the jealousy, the hate. The sadness. Mm. It's like it's like you could just tell that it's just like you y'all really thought I was that good that y'all put this much hope into me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just like I wish I left, but it's like it's like being Superman in Metropolis. It's like why does everybody pull up here? It's like i really gonna just protect Chicago.
1: <laughs> it's like
2: mm-hmm. it's like that's why I felt, but it's just like this is my Metropolis. I can't leave. Yeah,
1: I just felt that being a small town um star athlete it's like many people put you on this pedestal and dared you to step off the pedestal every time you try to step off of it they're like uh uh-uh, uh nope get back up there and then they pulled it the at the little pedals on the pedestal and then i i just saw you going through a, a lot emotionally because after you were injured it was very obvious how everybody the fake people do you agree with that or do you no of
2: course I mean it's quick I mean other athletes who are in my my town who are just like that in this situation I know they felt it it's obvious it's just like where where we come from that's just how it is that's just how it is you know what I mean we get more fake love I know that's a lot of places but our problem isn't like oh it's guns violence and all that stuff and all that be like oh yeah that's why your city is high crime. It's like all that stuff. High crime is all just for people just being fake and showing that fake love. And people just can't like understand. Like, why would you go? It's like, why would you go through that whole process, all those memories, and all those things, off of a chance that you didn't do nothing towards or help out towards that problem? It's like, it's like none of y'all were sending my highlights to Clemson or nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, none of y'all were sending out my good games or my stats like tagging them on Twitter mm-hmm. it's because I wasn't out there talking to you I wasn't like oh yeah I'm your buddy and people are like oh yeah post that and it's kind of like I don't know you just see it you just see it and then once you see it you just kind of just sit back and I'm like man but like I said it's like what what can you do you, even though you have a voice you don't really because mm-hmm. at that point it's just like you have a voice but it's like that's not what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear you be like, I had enough. I need help. I need to go somewhere else. It's just like, they just want to hear you be like, I'm ready to step up and we'll keep working hard.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Now, how did social media make you or make your struggle worse? When, you know, with the losses, you know, that you feel like, okay, I got to stay off of, you know, social media or like how did that all come in play you know with your injury and everything
2: I mean social media plays a big part because that's what you know our mind goes to in our subconscious and it just like
0: at that time following
2: of course a whole bunch of football pages and stuff you know you follow everything that's like in your immediate world but I'm just looking at that people's huddles people's good games games are losing when I'm like we could have won basically a team that you know that a lot of people could have got scholarships on that team when I got hurt or like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just kind of weird. It's just like, you feel the whole, I'm a big picture dude. And I just, that's what really hurt me was just the big picture. It Mm. wasn't the injury. It wasn't the, the, oh, you'll be back next year. You can still make a difference. It's like, I know that I could probably still go to college if I played good another year, but it's like, it's not about that. It's like what did we lose we lost a coach we lost good players we lost a whole AD we lost funding we lost you know what I mean we like just we lost a lot all, all off of a kid who's only 15 16 years old and it's like kind of like it's just like weird
0: right and I did know um there was one college that uh, we actually went to go um visit one time and I know after the injury that sort of dried up and everything um did you get, like, any a letter or a text or anything from them to let them know that maybe that they are still considering? Or was it just they just stopped talking to you abruptly?
2: I mean, to be honest, you can't really, like, unless you're a senior, you can't really talk to the student. So it's like everything was through the coach. Mm. So it's like once he left, everything left.
0: Right. Mm. once the coach left it was like all your connections that you had and
2: that's why I was just like so devastated it was like everything was so was just so messed up it was just like I felt like it was unfair it's like I I put in all this work hard work for me to get hurt that wasn't even my fault that someone like you know what I mean it's like you know what I mean it's like someone else didn't do their assignment I got hurt
0: right Mm -hmm.
2: and now everything comes crashing down because I got hurt
0: and then the coach leaves, and then that's your connection to the colleges. And
2: then it's like, then it's like you you got to put the whole team on my back. You know, the principal, AD, ain't doing nothing. They ain't saying nothing, right? No one's doing anything. So then it's like now you got to put all this whole thing back on me, and I got to go in there and fix things. And I'm like, how do I fix something that's like, I don't know? So, Bobby, I mean, right now I'm glad they're doing good. You know, I'm glad Springfield High turned around. But it's like, at that point, you know, I had to sacrifice everything that I want that everything that I was going for, for everyone else that's coming after me. So it's kind of just like you lose a lot. You know what I'm saying? You had to lose a lot, to, and it's like I'm, I'm just a 16 year old kid, 17, 18 year old kid, thinking like I gotta lose all my dreams and passions. So that other kids before me or after me, or yeah, after me, don't have to go through the same thing. Making right. sure that at least, at least, there's a coach or a program that stays together, so mm-hmm. there's a chance. Now there is kids that are going to like colleges and they're getting scholarships. And I'm like, ha- like, super, super happy for them. But it just like all the damage that had to be done off the loss is kind of like, it's like someone had to take it, and it was just like I had to take it.
1: Mm. And it was also a. Uh, time where it was unfair for you as well because I do remember that you guys didn't have that many freshmen during your year to be on the football team so when you guys were moving up you when you were in your junior year you were playing with more freshmen than seniors or, or juniors and so because all the players when you are freshmen they were gone so I, I saw that and then I, I just remember when you were on the couch and you and your leg was up because I remember them trying to push me out, push me out if I asked questions. And I was told, stop asking questions. You don't be that mom, you know. But it ticked me off when I'm watching you on the couch and nobody called us, text us, email anything to check on you. They didn't say, hey, we think about you. There was just one coach who said, I'll get him back running again really well. And he knows who he is. And I really appreciate him doing that. But nobody else came to not even a principal or anybody. Nobody's Checked on us, yeah, or the
0: head football coach.
1: Nobody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the coach, they were just trying to push me away more than talk to me, and I was just like, that was just irritating to me because I knew you—you you were the type who will put your all into something. You, you're, you're my son, and we are the same. <laughs> and you will put your all into it, and I felt like I wanted to protect you because I saw you being used. But then, in the same sense, my protection probably was coming off overbearing.
0: Hmm.
2: But I mean, before we go to the next question, like I said, that, that I want the older me to speak on it. And that's why I'm saying for anyone who does hear this or who is going through this and does feel something like this, after going through it and after understanding what I had to do, my life isn't over. I'm on, good. I'm on to something else. I'm on to It may not be my first dream, but you know, we get to dream every night. So you get to have multiple dreams. So it's like let's not let's not ruin our world over one and want it to end the world over one. Like God made us for a lot of purposes, and just having a physical attribute doesn't mean that's that's everything to us. For some that is, but for many that's not. Mm. And there's many great people that didn't have to run, jump, or hold a ball to do something great. So just that's why I just want to say it before we move on.
0: I appreciate that.
1: We could take this part out if we want to, but. I don't know if you remember, I always said football ain't it for you. You got music and you got intellect. Those those you were always told you have more options than just football. And I'm just proud to see that you you saw that eventually, instead of it being something where you just like, okay, football wasn't it. Cause I remember in college they were trying to pressure you to take on a running back position. You was like, um, I already told you no. And then you was like, okay, I think I'm done. And then you move to your next thing, which is music.
2: Yeah, we don't. We, we don't
1: got me in cartoon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we,
2: we don't got to take that part out because, I mean, that's all that's so good stuff to say. That's cool. Cool.
0: Well, <laughs> what are what other losses you were going through during this time, you know, that made you feel like no one really knew you? Um, you know, like what was going on, far as such as family life, your friends, girlfriends, your belief in God? Um, sort of fill us in with you know a little synopsis of what was going on with you during that time in those sort of areas
2: well first I was in shock because I kept trying to wake up from those dreams like this isn't happening but that got over quick but I don't know I kind of just grew up with like knowing the knowledge in the bible of like you can't blame God for the bad things Mm. and so I I just I just I don't know I don't know if I did once or if I slipped but like majority of the time I wasn't thinking like this is God like messing me up like Mm -hmm. how could you do this like you messed me up and I mean like I didn't really lose faith in him it was just kind of like he kind of like opened my eyes took like took like mud off my eyes and like kind of helped me see Mm -hmm. just helped me see it was just like since I couldn't run I had to see you feel me Mm -hmm. like I, I just couldn't just run from everything I couldn't just run into a wall run into someone to fix a problem because you know that that just like you know I lost for real just like I lost a lot of just like self-awareness because Mm -hmm. I didn't really I feel like a lot like I lost a lot of friends because they were fake and I realized they were fake Mm -hmm. I lost a lot of uh, opportunities and I lost a lot of like connections I could have had but I feel like all that was because just like I lost the connection within myself
0: mm.
2: because I mean there was times even when I was playing football and I was at my peak I was like I just want like you know I was just like I really quit and just hang out with my girl because I was like I really don't care because it was at that point where I was just like I was like I'm tired of just you know being a pack mule for real mm. and I knew it and it's like my body was telling me it was just like weird it was like I was just young just sitting sit on the football field at like a peak of time just like I don't, even want to play. I don't even want to run the ball. You know what I mean? I, I remember I told you I didn't want to run the ball. I didn't want to play offense mm-hmm. my senior year because I was like, what's the point? <laughs> I'm trying to get hurt. Right. I don't want to be hurt. And everybody's like, just suck it up. And it's kind of like, oh, no, man.
1: I must say this. It's kind of like, it's okay if you were feeling like, man, God, what are you doing? Because when you're grieving, honestly, you go there. And that that doesn't mean you stay there. There's a difference between going there and staying there because I just remember when I was grieving and I just remember even when you were grieving, you would, you know, you question a lot of things. That's normal when you're grieving and you're thinking that you're following God the best way you know how. And that's the reason for that scripture. It says you turn it, when you're grieving, you turn into, you become embittered and you turn into, because you're looking at everybody else and you able to see the real them and the fakeness and stuff like that. And it, it can embitter someone and, mistakenly, I know I did this, you can just blame God for it. You can say, man, God, why you allow this to happen? I thought you had my back. I thought you was protecting me. And that's normal.
2: And for me, I feel like, I don't know if the question is going to rise in there, but just really just looking back on it, and it's just kind of like when I lost it, you know, I was at the peak of my young life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see NFL players, lose their ACL and now they're out of their professional adult life
1: Mm.
2: so it just kind of like I don't know it's weird it's like sometimes you look at it as a blessing sometimes you look at it as a curse because it's like I could be like making millions of dollars now off that profession get hurt there and lose all that money and have no plan and no backup Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: be like now I'm I'm down bad I lost all this money I don't know how to do anything or I could have lost when I was young And now I'm learning lessons. So, like, if another scenario, like, that happens to me again, I'm prepared. So it's kind of like, it's just almost like you can play both sides of the coin. Because I've seen the athletes that I've watched grow up my age, people that I've watched I wanted to be just like, because I wanted to be in their situation, who are now about to be bankrupt. Mm.
0: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And it's like,
2: it just blows my mind. And nothing against, you know, Johnny Menzel, Johnny football, but it's just like that story to me sometimes blows my mind. I'm like, bro, you were on top of the world. Everyone wants to be you. I wanted to be you. I wanted to be that guy. Like, I'm thinking, I got the talent, I got the speed, this and that, this and that, this and that. Then it's like, now you're not even in NFL playing. You're, you're like, you know, you're playing a whole different alternative football league.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like one thing I was um, in the book, you say, my family life was always upsetting me because you felt like you that we didn't under, we didn't understand. Could you elaborate a little bit on that point?
2: Well, just how kinda like mom said, like, she didn't really know I was in the paper and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's just like this, the the cover art view basically of just like the mirror image of like, like, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm dealing with stuff like I'm a star here. Like, I'm not just so regular. Like, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like one of those things, like, I knew you guys are doing your respective things, doing your own things. You guys would come to games and parents will talk to you. But I'm like, you guys don't see these people. Like the people who like people go to the games and stuff, mm-hmm. they work together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they, they all like, they're all like connected in a way, but y'all were like in different communities, different crowds doing different things. And like the people who knew me that y'all knew were all from out of town. And I feel like the second that we finally got the church and they were like, Oh yeah, we heard about you, you guys. Were like, Oh, Tony. Okay. You're doing, you're, you're kind of getting up there. And I'm like, no, like, I've been in the paper since I was a freshman so it's just kind of like I, I've been dealing with like the, the city's eyes on me since I was young mm. so it's, I was trying to like express like the reason why I need to go out is for my sociability it's like I gotta be able to be seen so people can still like talk about me but it's like I can't be seen if I'm always in the house but I couldn't express that like, because it's just like you guys are like no 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 you're, you're young but I'm like but I gotta be social like these are my fans these are mm-hmm. people who support me who literally chant my name at the games? Who like, who are shook that I'm even around? It's oh like I got to be able to like do that to help build myself up. But I couldn't do that, so it's like on the back end, it's just like, all
0: right. Yeah, it's like you're young, but you're ready. You feel me? Really? I throw a little key sweat up in there. Okay.
1: <laughs> Turn his mic off. Um, so basically, I must admit at that time it it wasn't about me not understanding your fame. I feared what your fame would do to you. I saw the phoniness before you did. I told you that um, I was in in high school. I wasn't a big um, athlete, but you know, I saw all the people trying to leech on to the the fame. So that was kind of hard for me. So I think I did the best I could, but I don't think it was the best by trying to keep you humble and to be honest. And say, stay humble, because when everything is gone. I remember telling you this one time, I was like, when you get hurt, your dad and I will still be here for you, but everybody else is going to be gone. But at that time, everybody was giving you the praise and the honoring and, and putting you on this pedestal. And I understood that. I just didn't know how to tell you, like, be careful, because, you know, so I'm, I, I got to apologize in a sense, because I didn't understand it fully when I was saying that I didn't see you in the paper that was just me just saying like man this is scaring me because I I see how it can you know probably comes before the fall you know and and so yeah that was just that that's what it was
2: yeah I feel like this back then I feel like I was looking for more of like the advice on like what to do rather than like what not to do. You feel me? Because I was kind of like coming to y'all like, I already know what not to do because I already don't do it. But now I need help. Like, should I embrace this and try to like build myself up from this? Like kind of like how I am now, like take that feedback and build myself up. Mm-hmm. But back then I didn't know. I was kind of just like, just go with the flow. Whatever someone said. Like, ha, ha, ha.
1: Yeah, I think it was just a difference in where we grew up. We, you and I talk about this before. I grew up in a predominantly black town. So our culture was the same. Our thinking was very similar. I wasn't used to this town. So I was giving you the advice from how I grew up. And then everybody, but you were living in a different world for me. Your dad probably grew up more in a world like yours, but I didn't know. So my advice was not the best advice for you because I was telling you from growing up in a predominantly Black neighborhood.
0: And, you know, which leads into something you're mentioning in the book. And I want to ask, why did you feel... The church was not very helpful during this time.
2: I just think it was just human nature at this point. Sometimes, like you know, I feel bad for Christians because everyone has this concrete idea of you got to be this, you got to be this. But then they tell Christians like, "Don't hold me to, <laughs> don't hold me to whatever you say. Don't hold me, don't hold me to whatever image I already presented you. Don't hold me to that. I do whatever I want." Mm-hmm. And then for Christians, it's like. But you better be doing this. You better be on your knees. You better be taking supper. But if you don't do that, you're not really a Christian. You're not doing mm-hmm. this. And you're not doing that. How could you do that? But I'm like, the same thing. You don't want them to do. You guys are trying to flip the script. Mm-hmm. But really, the only thing Chris, some Christians are trying to do is just like, look. You we live in the same world. I want you to tell Jesus. If you're not going to do that, that's fine. I still love you. Mm-hmm. that's just all it is it's like you can be gay you can smoke pot you do whatever you want but like I'm living my life trying to get towards God I want you to be on that path cool you don't want to be on it I'm still going to say it I'm going to still live that life but I ain't going to like you know shoot you down for what you're doing right. and it's like you know you, you standing up for a cause and you striving for your cause it's like cool I love you you fighting for something you love but don't get mad at me when you know I don't follow everything that you do just how you don't get mad at me that you know I don't follow everything you do Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like, you know, I ask you to go to church every Sunday if you don't want to go. Right. It's like, I'm going to go. That's what I want to do. Right. But don't get mad at me that, you know, I don't want to go to like, you know, a certain event that I don't find fancy.
1: hmm I, I agree with you. This book, Grieving, and even starting this book, has opened my eyes to how judgmental we can come off as Christians if we're not careful. Because just what you said... We do follow, we try to follow what the Bible tells us to do. But when you start pointing the finger at somebody else and then start degrading them and telling them how they're not following the Bible, it can turn someone off from God totally. And I just remember in the book you were saying, basically you were saying like, man, there were just these expectations. And that's what I kept hearing from people, these expectations of how you should be handling things. Like when I know with me, how you should be handling your grieving. And it's just like, how are you going to tell me how to handle all these losses back to back to back like this? You you, all you want me to do is just perform. That's what I felt like. So this book has really helped me to dig deeper for a relationship with God. So I see where you're coming from. It's all about my relationship with God. And if someone chooses to be attracted to it, amen. If they're not, amen. But, you know, it is what it is.
2: I, I feel like the the the, the thing that you said, like you want to perform, and the feeling of you saying that, you know, like people expect you to do things, and I feel like Christianity is like the stories aren't there to tell you this is how you're supposed to be. It's it's there to tell you like this is how they dealt with that situation. Yes. So it's like the perspective is everything, right? Yes. Jesus still lived in those situations, and the disciples lived in those situations. Where there was killers, drug dealers, there was there was tons of people in that wrong around them, and they still accepted them and loved them as them, and didn't try to go out and be like, I can't be around you, bro. Like <laughs> you, you so simple, man. I I can't even mm-hmm. be around you. I feel like that's what that's what the expectation was when I was in the church. For it, it was just kind of like, man, you do one sin, I can't. <laughs> you ain't, you. you. You must have messed up because you know better. It's like, I, I do know better, but I still made a mistake. Right. I do know better, but I still want to figure out the other side. And I feel like there's a lot of times in the Christianity that, like, when we're trying to realize these other things back then is that we're realizing that, like, those kids and those people who were becoming young disciples who were growing up didn't have this, this phone. They didn't right. have the Internet. They didn't have the access to things that they could learn on their own accord. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Everything was taught through traditions in the synagogue and the church. So all of course they're gonna go of course they're gonna commit. There's nothing else in life. I feel like the expectation, I'm like, we're involved in let's just be straight up. Sin sin comes to our doorstep, sin comes to our phone, sin wakes us up with a notification. <laughs> so it's just like it's just like to expect to expect children who are curious in the world going through a new especially a new age of technology and a new age mm-hmm. of things that that parents don't even understand themselves. Like, I felt that type of, that feeling in the church was like, I'm like...
1: There was a disconnect.
2: You feel me? I'm like, y'all have a whole new generation that I don't even know. Like, you know, I'm, I'm 11, 12 years old trying to figure it out. And y'all like, you're the leader. And I'm like, bruh, right. I'm, I'm trying to figure the game out. I know I think I got it. I'm hearing the stories, but I don't actually get it. I haven't lived this stuff. These scenarios don't even make sense to me. I'm still not mature enough.
1: So when you were saying that there were expectations. Were there expectations from those you grew up with in a church and the, the grown-ups? I mean, where, oh, where are me you coming all. from? So I mean, explain just that a little to, bit oh, more. Oh, man,
2: I can for sure. Talking to this one of my good-time friends is just like, he thought I did no wrong. He thought I was perfect. He thought I was the model Christian to go after and be who you are. I'm like, bro, what? I'm like, if you only knew, I had to just tell him straight. I mean, we're not as close anymore. He doesn't really talk to me as much anymore. But we're still good friends. But it's just like, I'm glad I could establish that like, bro, you could be you and be human and make mistakes and still get to heaven, bro. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying I've been there and done it, but at the same point in time, I'm not perfect. I know everyone puts his whole life, but that's why I felt really wrong too, is when my homie is thinking that I'm some perfect being. I'm like, bro, you know me. (laughs) I talk to you all the time. I hang out with you. You think that I'm this? And that's when I just really just started hitting my head. Like, I'm like, no one knows me right you feel me no one everyone it just like everyone just assumes mm-hmm. and they put this label and they just hear stories and think like oh if he did that then that guy must be like this it's like no it's, that's not it
1: so back when you got injured and when you came to church during the time in high school and we're, we're going back over your loss that's why I'm kind of taking it back to that What what were some things that were made you feel like church wasn't helpful at the time
2: Besides one person, no one really cared. That's, all, that's what I'm trying to say.
1: What do you mean by that?
2: No one cared a, about my world besides unless I was playing football, in a sense. Like, let's say, like, since I'm hurt, no one's thinking, like, oh, you must be upset. They're in the church, like, oh, that has nothing to do with God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like, It's just like that has nothing to do with the religion of, of Christ. You're just hurt. <laughs> Heal up, brother. It's right.
1: like, it's like what they were saying. You said in the book, "They oh you'll be okay," and the only thing they want to do is talk to you about other football players doing well.
2: You feel me? Or like, how can you bring this? Like, you, I hear this so many times. Use your voice. Bring people to church. You have such an influence. It's like, how about you ask me?
1: What if I don't want to? It's like, how much
2: how about you first talk to me
1: mm.
0: <laughs>
2: instead of telling me what I should be doing. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. It's just, it's just like I don't know. It's just like I just sometimes I just I laugh about it. It's just like they're like, hey, how you doing? All this thing, you know what you should be doing. It's just like, and I just sat there and it was just like, I'm kind of going turn, I just.
0: But it was different when you were playing football. They they were focusing in on hell. We heard about this. We heard about that. But was it more like once the football wasn't there and all of that? You know, being a newspaper, then it was just like, oh, you just hurt. You would just, just get over it, you know? And
1: plus,
2: I just feel like... I just felt disconnected with everybody in there. For real, for real. I just felt like it was just a charade. I felt like I was just on a charade the whole time.
0: Because mm. mm.
2: so I'm like, y'all think I'm this, so I, I come here and I have to be this. Mm. When I leave, I'm struggling. And when I come back and tell y'all my struggles, y'all are like... You're...
1: Blah blah blah. I'm
2: like, no, I'm I'm Tony. I'm not no Tony Williams. I'm not. I almost feel like Tony football. That's almost how it sounded like. It's like you're Tony football. That's how. That's how. That's what it sounded like in my ears. You feel me?
1: And we can use that to bring more people to church.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You feel me? I'm like, that's what it sounded like in my ears. They're bringing me like examples of like, here's this other football player that was in church that got a lot of people out, and I'm like.
1: It's almost like you, what you were saying earlier that sometimes people put you in this little image and they want you to stay with these in, in these expectations and not getting to know the real you and not accepting you from where you're at because sometimes we can put some, and especially we did it a lot with the kids, unfortunately, and um, is tell the kids this is where we're trying to get them to act like grown-ups and be perfect in the way they carry out God's laws, and we can barely do it.
2: And I just feel like, I feel like just the, I ain't saying like I got the whole new age Christian wave, but it's just like I just feel like the whole concept and perspective is like what God was trying to push is that no one was perfect. You feel me? But that's what we're all trying to make people be is be perfect. Exactly. And I feel like once we can, one, it's like once we can understand that, we can start teaching. Mm. You feel me? But we can't even understand the lessons God put down for the teachers and the disciples how can we teach the kids? And I'm just saying, I'm okay. And I really don't want this. I'm, I'm saying I had a great teaching through Christ when I was growing up. All my knowledge. Like, if you wanted me to go through a history, if I could give you a history lesson on Christ, I could do it. I go from literally Genesis all the way through. Like, I, I'm really fluid with that stuff. Like I, I like the stories because they all have meanings. Even if you don't believe in God, they all have a good meaning. The parables mm-hmm. are all good. And if like you if you brought those parables and didn't say Jesus Christ were from the Bible, I guarantee you would have millions of people like that whole scenario on Instagram Facebook woody, woody, woody. and it's because it's just, it's just the person that you put in front of them that made them feel that way and then when you when you put that person in front of them people start attacking that person with all these attachments and adjectives hmm. and I feel like that's where our expectations and our distrust in the church and this other people just comes from because like you start putting like oh you're this so when this happens, you don't change, right? Like you should this shouldn't affect you because that's your strong suit.
0: Mm. It's
2: right. like even our strongest armor needs repaired.
0: Mm. Well, I appreciate um this talk and everything, especially. I love your section in the book. And and wrapping up this seventh etiquette, Tony, what would you say would be your biggest takeaway that you want the reader to realize from this? One, I don't want you to think that I'm just some cocky
2: dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that's, that's what I first cuz That's what my girlfriend always said. They're hey, trying to hear these stories, you're so I'm cocky.
1: Wow. <laughs>
2: but, but what I'm really trying to show you is that, like, don't let that pressure, don't let that, that anxiety make you want to end it all. Hmm. Don't let defeat and failure make you want to end it all. Don't let your situations where you thought everything was supposed to go away and it doesn't stop you from being you and continuing life because I'm telling you right now, I'm on a different path and things are better now.
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming here and um, explaining to us a little bit more about your chapter in the book. Um, I appreciate you writing it um, and speaking from your heart. And thanks again.
1: Well, we just want to clear up at the end. He says that it wasn't said the way he talks, which is correct. (laughs) We had to take the the chapter and kind of like make it more less uh, Gen Z talk (laughs) so that everybody can hear. I'm not Gen Z, but basically he said those things, but not that way. I just want to make sure everybody knew that. And I do appreciate him because there was a time where I was having a hard time and I just see how God has really, really changed you and, and really, really shaped and molded you through all your hardships. And it really, just watching you change has helped me just to get through a hardship I was just facing. So, thank you. Yeah.
0: Appreciate it.
2: I appreciate y- y'all for having me. I thank y'all for listening in and the book. I'm glad it sounds like that so it's readable because I know I don't enunciate and I mumble. So, I appreciate all the edits, all the hard work. Everybody who's involved in this book, everybody, thank you.
1: Right. It's a wrap. Please remember to allow anyone grieving to process their grief so that it does not lead to improper release. This book and these podcasts are only to get the conversation started on etiquettes to use when supporting anyone grieving a loss.
0: If you are attending a church or a congregation of believers, please continue to discuss other ways to partner with God to serve a grieving person and this grieving society. Let's represent God in this matter.
1: Let's display to the world a loving God, not a punitive God in this time of grieving.